Welcome to Young Hip Hop Heads, episode 37. My name is DJ Specs. Ross Kalili. Today is... January 25th. Monday, January 25th. Been a little while since we recorded. Yeah, I think two weeks, right? Yeah. We have to stop drinking on Sundays. <laughs> Honestly, it was a good time, man. I had a good time, but the anxiety today has been just freaking off the wall. I've been going like crazy. Like, but I worked out and shit. I thought that'd make me feel better. Nope. Whatever. But powering through. I don't feel like super hungover. Just the like the Monday scaries are just... Yeah, no, for sure. You know? Well, it's over though, right? Monday's pretty much over. Right, it's over. And I have Friday off. I'm going to... Well, I technically don't have it off, actually. I have next week Monday off. But I'm going up north skiing on Friday. And I'm technically going to work from the ski hill. Yeah. So I got a short week, but even then I still fucking feel like, just like, I feel like I got to get more shit done now that I'm leaving, you know? Yeah, it's funny. We haven't done the podcast, I guess, for one week, but I feel like I've seen you a lot anyway, because we hung out, what, like last Friday with a bunch of our friends. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was really cool. Yeah, last weekend, last weekend was too much, man. (laughs) Last week, I'm like cutting off the booze. I feel like this weekend I'm going with a bunch of buddies, but we're like not going to be drinking as much just because like if you, the night before we're freaking snowmobiling a whole day, I can't be like hung over on that shit. I would throw up. It'll just be like, we'll play some poker and shit. If, if I was just thinking about it, you were technically at the same bar three times in seven days, right? Yes. Um, last weekend was eight, about 12 hours total. And then yesterday we were there for about four hours. So in the last two Sweet weeks, bar, I've spent almost 20 hours in this fucking bar. Sweet bar though. Oh yeah. Broken Barrel's a good ass time. And it's like nice that things are starting to open up, but that one's been, since they have a big patio, they've been still crushing it. So... I totally like didn't realize is that patio is technically like, open, right? Yeah, I think there's like they got like tarps or something like yeah. to make like more uh, covering. But in the summertime, like it's just it's like just some air, umbrellas right? and it's pretty open. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. That's what I thought. It, it felt awesome. like we were like almost like inside. You know the the way it was covered. Like, yeah, exactly. The light wasn't really coming through or anything. It was really cool. Yeah, so random because like I um. I'm always looking for bars to watch football games at. Never yeah. heard of this place. And not only do they like have a bunch of TVs, they put uh, the game with like sound really loud so we could hear everything. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a great, great time. Hidden gem. Even though we both put a lot of fucking money on the Packers, but... And McGregor. And McGregor. Yeah, I'm taking a leave of absence from gambling this week. Because I, <laughs> I everything that was supposed to happen just did not happen for me. And I'm just... I can't... I need to save my money for a little bit. I'm not a quitter. I gotta start listening to my gut and not other people because there's a point the game yesterday I'm not gonna talk about too much, but the Packers pulled within I think you know a touchdown and all of a sudden the Bucks were favored only minus one right. on the live line. Talk to my buddies. Should I hedge? What should I do? I had like the Packers money line everywhere. They're so like, no, just ride it out because the Packers just like were you know getting the ball yeah. momentum. Nope, lost all of it. Yeah, I, I'm ha- very happy that they lost, but. Yeah, the money. I played the money smart, at least I thought. Whatever. Yeah. I got some, like, money left in the DraftKings and shit, but I'm just... I'm probably going to delete the app for a little while. <laughs> I can't fucking do it, man. Yeah, one of our friends brought up a funny point. He was like, I wonder how many people, like, delete the app on a Sunday and then, and then re-download they... it Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to be me. I'm probably not going to gamble, at least on sports, until it's the not, Super Bowl. It's not as fun after the Super Bowl. There's not, I mean, no one really gambles, That's good. gambles yeah. on baseball. Yeah, I'll do, like, the squares. I'll do, like, yeah. maybe, like, a better two. But, yeah, I just can't. I can't do it anymore. Like, yeah. this past weekend was... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it just really, like, you already have the uh, Sunday scaries, and then, like, I was just straight depressed yesterday. Like, yeah. I couldn't talk for, like, an hour. I was yeah. like, damn, what am I I had the anxiety like? going today, and none of it was about gambling. It was just, like, 
Just so much to do. And now that I'm thinking about it, now that you brought that up, I'm even more pissed off. So can we fucking move on, <laughs> yeah, please? Move on. <laughs> what else we got? Um, let's talk about Lil Wayne got the pardon. Dude, I, I called this on the podcast yes, pretty much. Yes, months ago. Yeah, I did. So as soon as he put out that picture with Trump, you know, it was something about like the platinum plan. He endorsed yeah. it. It was like right before the election, you know? Right. So it was like basically you could tell Trump you know, either paid or probably, I, I think they are kind of like friends, you know, but yeah. like it was, it was more like a sponsored Instagram post, like exactly from like some like a uh, thotty model. You know what I mean? Like right. try my uh, skinny tummy tea. <laughs> there you go. Code, it was like, just whatever. like that. Yeah. And I saw that. I was like, like he, he's definitely doing this to get a pardon because he has like, he was facing, uh, if convicted, a 10 year sentence, federal yeah. gun charge. I remember being like pretty upset. I was like, fuck, like our boy's going to jail, but yeah. he's, he was 10 steps ahead. And then I saw he pleaded guilty like right before Christmas. I was like, yep. he's for sure doing this so we can get the pardon before. Yep, exactly. And he did. Already. And we were right. Not and only when though, Kodak Black got yeah, pardoned too. That's questionable. <laughs> Taking a sexual assault, uh, yeah. not victim, the opposite, a sexual, a rapist, if you will, yeah. and taking him out of jail. But I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to say anything problematic about that, but I think that was fucking stupid. Yeah, and then Lowen like put out a song. <laughs> yes, he did. Like a day after he got the pardon. What um, was that shit called? It was called. Um, I ain't got time. Maybe? I ain't got time. There yep. we go. That, that was funny. It was basically, I'm sure he had this re- ready to go, but talk about it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, actually, the Electric Song was one of my songs of the week. It was like almost like he was like waiting for this pardon to come through and he's going to put this out because he literally put it out like 12 hours after right. the pardon came out. But it was like more of an emotional and serious song for Wayne. Yeah, know? I agree. This is not what I thought he was going to come out with after this whole pardon thing. It was almost like his like how to love kind of phase of Wayne, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. He had a R&B singer named Fauci, not to be confused with Dr. Fauci, uh, <laughs> on the song. Uh, she sounded uh, dope too. I liked yeah, her. Yeah, she did. Uh, I liked her part. Yeah, L- L- Wayne starts it off like addressing the flight getting raided, which I didn't like put two and two together. Right. But after the song, I did. So Wayne's flight that he got, you know, this gun found on. Yeah. And That's what got The charges came out in December of this year, but the raid happened December of 2019. Okay. So it was a week or two after Juice World's flight got oh. raided. Oh, and shit. Obviously, Juice World, like, didn't survive it because right. he uh, ended up, like, taking Eating all the drugs. drugs and shit. Yeah. yeah. So Lil Wayne on the song said uh, they raided my private plane i got one that's more privater r.i.p juice world wrote down two cups pour a little juice out shit gives me goose goosebumps yeah. so after hearing that i was like oh shit they literally raided within two weeks so like there's some kind of like informant i'm guessing in like the hip-hop world right you know it's just like too much of a coincidence yeah to have two private flights raided by the fbi within a week of each other right it's really sad man but yeah like that's crazy that that's the situation for Juice World, just yeah. because of that, just like almost like a fluke. <laughs> that was a fucking prime truck. I thought that was a tow truck. Sorry, I'm parked. We got a fucking snowstorm coming in here, and yeah, when you leave, I'm gonna go move my car to the back. Cause yeah, because I'm coming home tonight. Yeah. Um, anyway, talk about that other Lil Wayne song too. No, I'm done, not done yet. Hold on, oh, hold, on right. hold on. Another line I liked. He was like, "That just doesn't sit right. Living like I can't die. Bamboo and me, FBI, arrest me. Why?" They can't nail me, so they just screw with me. Kind of just like, you know, putting out there like, hey man, like, what the fuck? They're like looking for ways to just get him in jail, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really unfortunate too, because like the gun he got, I think I talked about this, but like really quick, the gun he got was like a A gold-plated gift gun. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's still a gun, but like, I'm sure there wasn't like ammo in it or anything like that or whatever, but yeah, it's just stupid. So Juice Roll and Lil Wayne have 
one song together. Well, they should have one song together, but Juice was taken off the song. It was on the uh, collab he had with uh, Future Juice World. The song's called Oxy. Oh, uh, I remember that. Juice World's not on the song in the final version and it's on streaming, but if you go on YouTube, you can find the version with okay. Juice World. It's a really good song. Okay. Um, yeah, talk about, so Lil Wayne dropped the song for the fucking Packers. I was more uh, excited to talk about the song before the Packers lost. Not that I'm a, I fucking hate the Packers, but when you have money on them, you know. That's true. Money came fucking, and fucking money, come through when I have money on them. Money talks, bullshit walks. Of yeah. course, if you fucking bet on the other team, you know they would have fucking won. That's how it goes. Yeah, anyway. I hate that this song was good. I know, me too. <laughs> By the way, uh, this whole like uh, presidential pardon thing just goes back to the fact Lil Wayne called it, you know, real D- real G's moving silence like lasagna. Yep. So post that picture, everyone's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Bro, I got a bigger pe- picture in mind right here. I'm right. getting out of this shit." Anyway, right, right. yeah, Lil Wayne dropped. Um, I guess at the Packers' request, apparently the Packers asked him to make the song, so it wasn't oh, just right. like out of like his fandom this time. So he put out a song called "Green and Yellow." It's basically a Packers playoff song, and it's kind of some history behind this. So he originally put out a green and yellow song in 2010, I believe. Yeah, it was the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. He put it out right before the NFC Championship game. Yeah. So, so it could be some good juju for them this year. That's what they were thinking not about. So much, yeah, not exactly. so much. Yeah, exactly. Now that they lost, it's whatever. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. Wayne really went into his bag because it's kind of hard, if you think about it, to really put out a song about like football that's like strictly about football. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, He's like rhyming, and there's not many like random like throwaway bars that aren't about football. My favorite line, I think, is just like funny. Pacavelli, once a Packer, always a Packer. Like Shakur, call me two pack. Right. <laughs> it's clever. It's clever. I still can, I can only grin at these Packers lines. I can't be actually super fucking happy about. Well, it. this one I'm about to read right now is really funny in hindsight. Coach Carter, boy, I'm feeling like Matt tonight. <laughs> after Matt after before, he made the fucking a Matt Nagy call. <laughs> Oh, that shit was so stupid. I feel like number 55, you're getting sacked tonight. Yeah, boy, we're about to be in Tampa hype. Not. And whoever played the Packers, hoping packing light, you flying back tonight, back to life. I just hit you boys with the Rodgers rate. Came up with the pack. I did well with the pack. Aaron Rodgers in the trap. I got 12 on my back. Got me rolling out the pocket. Back to Yari blocking. Throw it back to Tunyon. Simple Madden Science. That's just a I mean, hard bar. The bars are yeah. hard. I just wish that they were not about that team. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. But uh, it's cool because um, the beat starts out and it switches into the black and yellow beat by Wiz Khalifa, like right yeah. when the chorus drops, which right. is really sweet. Uh, and his original song he made for the Packers 10 years ago was also the green and yellow Wiz beat, which at the time, uh, was black like, and yellow it was, was like a rain, brand rain, new song. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I've, I'm friends with a lot of Milwaukee DJs, and when this came out, like, last week, they were all like, I can't wait to play this shit at the bar, and it was after they won I, against maybe the Rams, that, like, everybody was hyped, yeah. that, that song was probably going off, and not so much after this weekend. I'm sure it was really depressing yesterday. Yeah, my little Milwaukee. brother Kyle was in at a bar at the Brat House, actually, yeah. Ben, he said that... He said it was, like, really fun to watch, just yeah. seeing, like, head in hands, everybody at the bar. So I, I really, I can't feel bad, because we have to fucking deal with it every single weekend with the Bears. So, you know, it's a fucking taste of what we have to deal with. I got a couple of songs as well. These two, I, like, I didn't do, like, a ton of digging, or I didn't have to do a ton of digging, because I found two fucking, like, perfect summer songs, even though we're in the fucking middle of winter. But 50 Cent came back with a song, it was, like... Right at the end of 2020, but we, we missed we, it. We both missed it, but it's called Part of the Game featuring NLE Choppa and a guy named Riley Lane. Some I'm not weird familiar. features for a fifth Yeah, song. 
but the like beat and the 50 cent flow is straight out yeah. of like oh five man I, I agree. the the little bass groove is incredible the hook is incredible and this is like it's finally like a fun song you know yeah it's not like 50 trying it's just like him it's like him kind of just going back to his old ways it's like effortless you know yeah it's almost like if i it could be too i didn't really look it up but i feel like it might be like something out of like a movie soundtrack the way it sounds you know yeah just like, that's true just like a random song good vibes you know what i mean it is it is good vibes man that's that's really the best way to put it some shit that like you want to hear in the summertime not gonna lie the features i, I don't even remember if riley blaine's rapped or what he did but i think I know at that, the end i know that nle chop i thought he killed it too yeah the first, it, but like as a DJ, I'm gonna try oh. to make an edit for myself of just 50, and he just raps for like two minutes, so it's not like he just gives you like a little bit. Yeah, I think two or three hooks and then two verses from 50 Cent, so it's a really dope. No pun intended, just a little bit. Yeah, there you go. I didn't mean to try. Um, I didn't mean to do that. I was gonna say another thing about the song. Annalise Chapa, I didn't like see who was featured originally. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Young Boy. He sounds really yeah, tremendously just like Young Boy. That's who I thought it was yeah. at first as well. But which would be a cool collab these, too. I feel some like. of these younger rappers would be sounding the same. I know, man. But the other one, even I'm more excited about, is big win for DJs. It's uh, the new Fat Joe and DJ Khaled song. It's called Sunshine. So this is straight off the Miami yacht like yep. type song. Like, but it, they found the beat. From this uh, DJ like like me, just like a little bit bigger, obviously, but right. like he made this mashup of Rihanna "Kiss It Better" and an '80s song, and just put it on his uh, like SoundCloud and shit for free. And Fat Joe and DJ Khaled got this song. Obviously, they had to clear the sample from the '80s song, and they had to clear "Kiss It Better" from Rihanna. Right. So Rihanna, it's like Rihanna sings the hook. Yeah. Basically, and it's just like. Uh, that super like '80s like dance vibe, the shit that you want to hear in the summertime. This is like the most fun song I've heard in months, man. Yeah, this shit is so cool, and it's a huge win for the so, DJ producers I got of the like world. Two, three. I got a bunch of follow up questions for you. Okay. Yeah. First question I have: Did you hear about this before? I heard the mashup before. Okay. So I had heard this shit like back in like October. Right. But it's just like another like DJ edit, like some shit that I would just download when I'm downloading music. But it was like going viral. Like by yeah. Itself. So Eileen okay. told me that. It was uh, it was also on TikTok and it was going on. I saw it on Twitter. It had like three hundred, four hundred thousand likes. So gotcha. the, this thing was viral on Twitter too. Okay. Second question for you: Do you think that Fat Joe and DJ Khaled could have just like gotten away with not even including this guy's name? Because like he he didn't own anything, right? He's just like he's sampling. Right. That so. I, that's a good question. I think they probably could have, but that would have been like absolutely. I know it'd be fucking like it would have been like one of those things. I feel like where it's like everyone on like in the world knows where it's from. So. Exactly. This shit was already viral because of this kid, so it's not like they could just pull this beat out and like pretend they just pulled it out their ass. That's the nice thing about like the age that we live in. You can't really steal credit. Like, oh yeah. Like, like I'm sure, like in the past, these guys were probably stealing shit from like underground rapper like bars and stuff yeah. like just like from underground yeah. rappers and stuff that no one now could that, even say like, anything anything that's that has any traction on the internet people are gonna freaking find that shit the internet remains undefeated yeah but they gave the kid props they put him in the music video it's him partying with Fat Joe DJ Khaled Cool and Dre and fucking Puff Daddy on a yacht like could you imagine yeah he's like the youngest person there about like 30 years yeah he's like he's like uh, I think a couple of years younger than us Something, and he's yeah. just like he's got his DJ controller out and like Fat Joe's like got him in his arm it's like crazy I couldn't even like imagine it's goals I, for you right there that's what I'm saying Inspiration. bro I, I followed the kid on Instagram shortly after and I ended up 
buying his Patreon for like one dollar, and I have like the kid's whole discography. So oh, like, nice. He should raise his prices on that shit. Yeah. But like his edits are like unreal. He's got so many like Beyonce, Rihanna, all the all the lady rappers. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it's and then like with Aaliyah beats and shit, he's really good. But keep an eye out for this kid because this is not going to be the first time you. I'm glad someone got about their this. shine like that. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I really wonder. I I want to like see an interview with like Fat Joe or Fifty Cent. I mean, with a DJ Kelly, where yeah. they like talk about like the process. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if it was one of them that heard it, or like someone that like they work with, like heard it and was like, "We should do this." You know? What yeah, I mean? that's true. So like with DJ Khaled, I can't tell. Like he, I feel like he comes off dumb like on purpose, but I feel like he's actually really smart. Man. Yeah. Oh, for like, sure. Like he, you, you can't be where he is he, without being. He's like the only one. Him and like Puff Daddy are the only ones who could get that sample cleared by Rihanna, one of her fucking biggest songs. True. Just from a few years ago, you know. True. True. Like no, no other producer can be doing that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I guess like at the end of the day, they really like this kid just like got a huge favor done for him. Oh yeah, yeah. dude, it's like fucking a gold mine, man. Yeah, I wonder. Uh... Trying to think of like what his next step would be. I just, I guess, keep on making these six. I'm listening to the edits. Like I could show you a couple, and like there are plenty. That was like one of the best ones, but he's got others that could that could work too. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have uh, just made me miss uh, Rihanna music. Me too. I really think I really believe in my heart that we're gonna get that album this year, man. Yeah, we gotta talk about a couple other things before you. I don't know if you want to switch to the main topic. No, let's talk about Drake first. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, perfect. Same place. This motherfucker. Posted on his Instagram story that because of his knee, we're not going to get the thing this, this month. This motherfucker had the audacity to post it with a certified Loverboy branding, too. He yeah, he like... did like a CLB signature at the bottom. He's like, sorry, you guys aren't getting certified Loverboy this month. It'll come sometime in 2021. I was like, this dude just bought himself like at least six months if he wanted to. Yeah. So a couple things here. First thing, we are such big Drake fans. I'm sure I'm sure the same shit happened to you, but... I had five people, I think, at least five people, DM me on Instagram within two hours of that shit. How you feeling? Yeah, like, or like, this is bullshit. And one of my friends, uh, shout out Enrique, I know he listens to this. He was like, why is Drake always acting like he's an athlete? Like, he's like, dude, got it's so petty. Don't even blame the knee. Straight up make a post and say the thing's not done yet. Don't you think if you had a problem with your knee, you couldn't leave the house? You would just be fucking making music all the time? Like, to me, it was like, it makes no sense. You know oh what I mean? Oh my God. Like, if anything, you, this is a better reason to sit down and make music. It just, like, brings me back to that post, like, five weeks out, like, feeling for you guys, OBJ and Saquon. Like, you guys are not the same. <laughs> You're not, you you didn't fucking tear so the shit. You tore the shit as a fucking just regular-ass civilian, yeah. probably playing basketball in your home. Yeah, like, seriously. Oh, my God. I get that the album's not done yet. That's fine. Don't blame your fucking knee I, surgery. You know what? I really think this is an excuse because if this is the case, why wouldn't you say it? that to us like the first week of January why wait until it's almost over you know what I mean it makes me think that like well there were those pictures of him in the studio and shit it, I feel like it's close I feel like honestly I feel like maybe he like just wants to like have that time to fine tune it I feel like it's not one of those things where this is a 100% true either you know what I mean right I think if it was a true case of him healing he would have told us that shit like he probably just January. like needed an excuse and that's like the first yeah, thing and you I'm know? pretty sure I don't know the fucking exact time I'm not that big of a like Drake dick rider but 
he got a surgery, I want to say, like, not too long ago. Let's say, like, November, right? He posted thought, that trailer, like, in November, too. So, like, didn't you already have uh, the no, surgery? No, that's what, that's what I was going to say. I thought that, I think the trailer was October, and I think the surgery was right around then. Yeah. If not before. So, it's like, he probably knew about it. It just doesn't make, doesn't make sense, like, the timing of it. And you're right. He's probably going to put it out in summer now. There's no way he's going to, like, put it out in, like, February. He wouldn't have put the shit out if it yeah. wasn't coming out like right away I, agree I don't know with you. I think it's like such a missed opportunity bro the album's called Certified Lover Boy put it on Valentine's Day that's true what the hell what are you doing man I don't know I hope that like, how many we get a surprise drop how many for your marketing guys just, you, have, you have me right here this is like the best <laughs> idea ever just drop it bro we should be on his fucking payroll <sighs> you said some shit like you're like maybe he's just giving Scissor her time to shine right now for that line she posted on Twitter that she said like just got it all wrapped up tomorrow we ball or something this was two days ago and Eileen was all over that she goes it's the good news or good days music it's video it's sort of it's not it's not an album did you check it out I, it's not done or it's not posted yet but the video is officially done so. gotcha gotcha yeah I don't think we're getting that album anytime soon so I but was... she did say that the the song there's like a TikTok song that's like a snippet yeah. that's going viral that people are calling shirt just because that's the only word they can understand from the fucking song. But somebody said, can you please just tell us that this song is going to be on the album? She said, yes, it will. Nice. So this, the album exists. Right. But I don't know when we're going to get it. Interesting. You know, I, I was going to say like when Drake like put out that news, I wonder how many rappers were like, oh shit, calling their manager. Like, we got to move up. That's what I'm going to say. We need, we need something now. Yeah, because I it's really about think. fucking time. What? I, all of January, what was like the biggest release we got? I don't remember. Yeah, well, your I, boy Eric the Architect. I was maybe say that's a good like segue because I want to talk. About I already his. forgot about that, but yeah, I'm glad I we segue his shit. So yeah, he um, Eric the Architect put out a five song uh, EP. It's called Future Proof. Yeah, and man, it's incredible. So so um, for those who don't know, Eric the Architect is part of. The Flatbush Zombies. He's one third of the hip hop group Flatbush Zombies. Yeah, he basically he functions as their uh, primary producer. So he's always been producing their shit. But he's also you know he's a guy that will also get a verse. He always ha- will yeah. get a verse. It's not like one of those guys that he's never... talented, dude. Yeah, he is he's very so talented. talented. Uh, he plays a bunch of instruments. Yeah, so like he is the guy that like on previous projects I really like Flatbush Zombies but like he's the guy that always comes out on one of those two, like one or two songs and he just gives you like a really strong verse and you're like damn you can really rap too you know yeah but I saw that he's putting out this EP Friday I kind of sp- stumbled upon it that it was coming out like the previous Friday like I saw it on a Monday I was like oh shit I'm kind of hyped for this especially because it was only five songs it's yeah. five songs 20 minutes and it was really fucking good like all the songs were good obviously I like when they do these small projects and don't waste any time yeah you know yeah, so my uh, I had a song of the week from there. I think the whole project was good because uh, it was a lot different than like anything you would expect if you knew like Flatbush Zombie sound. They're known for druggy rap, and then I guess I don't want to say like horrorcore because that's like a little bit too much. They're not like horrorcore. They're not like yeah. shocking like that. But they have some like you know fucked up lines sometimes. Right. Like you know some darker bars. Really dark what, bars. What yeah. I can compare just his EP to compared or not compared to Flatbush Zombies but just this sounded like an Earth Gang project yes totally so for those who listen to Earth Gang it's it's a similar sound and good instrumentation that they would have good, good call bro yeah so the song I have my favorite song off this was Let It Go mm-hmm. um, really cool there was a feature from this guy named Loyal Carner who's a up and coming English musician uh, I, I saw he has a pretty decent Spotify following I think he put out like a song that was produced by Timbaland okay. in November. 
So okay. I don't know if it's like a Timbaland handpicked like prodigy or what's going on, but uh, yeah, it's basically just like a really haunting beat. And then there's a soul sample that's pitched up in the beat too. All right, all right. So that, that's in Let It Go. Yeah, that's like my favorite shit, man. Like you can't, you can not be a pitched up soul sample for me, man. That's like a classic. That's it, man. My two favorites were the first one, I think it was I Can't Lose. And then the last one was Selfish. Yep. Those were the two that really fucking stood out to me. I liked the whole thing. But as soon as I heard that first song, I was like, man, this is some different shit. Yeah. I I think uh, I Can't Lose yeah. was the single. He put out one single before, oh, all right. before the EP. But yeah. Maybe I heard that uh, you sent that to me before. I think I did. Well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was really surprised and that was a solid project. I'm going to listen to it over and over again. It's really easy, man. Yeah. He, he's really talented. Hopefully you that. guys are taking notes because these are the easy projects for you to listen to rather than the Playboy Cardi 25 song album. Yeah. It's an easy project and someone that's like relatively unknown too. Yeah. You know what I mean? He has like, just like... I guess just good vibes. Listen to the song and this project, just good vibes. He um, is really giving you some like introspective lyrics too. So it's not just like that uh, boom bap, you know, get clapped kind of shit you yeah. hear like all the time. So it's nice to switch it up. And I'm wondering, I'm hoping that this is gonna get him a little bit of exposure where he can get producer features like and stuff like that for other artists you know yeah i think he's really talented like i could see him producing a song for like a big artist too you know yeah he doesn't have to only be like the flatbush zombies in-house producer you know right maybe they could take off like kind of like griselda did you know that'd be dope those are those guys are like much bigger than they were a year ago yeah yeah it's funny because like flatbush zombies has been around for a long ass time man like i think so I first heard about them freshman year in uh, high school. I'm um, sorry, college. So at least like yeah. seven years ago. That's a long ass time. And just lasting. So as far as I know, this is the first guy that's broken up and put anything out solo. And I okay. thought it was really interesting that he didn't have a feature from his two buddies in the group either. He had a bunch of features, but they were all just like random features. Right. No one, like the biggest name was this guy I just mentioned, Loyal Carner, and me and you have never heard of him. Until okay. now, so I thought that was cool. He just gave a bunch of people exposure. Like one of the people that uh, was featured had like a thousand followers on Twitter. So oh hell yeah. Yeah. So do you want to move into the main topic? Yeah, let's do it. We've been talking about this for weeks now, and you know we're like, you know what? Let's just freaking get it out of the way. Let's get it going. Four forty four by Jay Z. So what do you think? What are your first thoughts? Well, I'm just gonna give us some background. Of on course. The album. So I think most most of the listeners to this out or to this podcast should know at least the basic premise of what's going on with that. Right, but well, I'm going to give you a fact. Like yesterday, I saw some funny shit going around on Twitter after the Packers lost. Like it was Rex Grossman and Aaron Rodgers. Yes. They're both a one-time NFC champion. Hysterical. So this is kind of like the, the one of those facts that blew, blew my mind with this one. So this is actually Jay-Z's uh, 13th album, which is pretty incredible to think about. That is incredible. Album. He, I think this first one came out, I want to say like late 90s. So he, he uh, has been doing this for like over 20 years, which is just crazy to think about. Right. He At this point, I mean, I'll say like he's the closest you can get to a rapper being retired because he really only pops up like once a year with like a song or something. You know, it's really rare for him to like be putting on music and he hasn't done a feature in a long time. Yeah. So part of this, the reason we did this, I want to discuss... I don't really think he needs to at this point. No, I know. You I know? know? No, for sure. This, so, like, this is why we're talking about this is very likely to be his last uh, piece of work. 
that he's going to be the actual rapper on. I wouldn't be surprised if he like executive produced an album yeah. and like rapped on a couple songs like uh the Jay Electronic album. He was a big True. part of that. But that's not a Jay-Z album, you yeah, know. This exactly. is going to be probably the last Jay-Z album. Yeah, so this album it's like all about self-reflection and I think it could be considered a response to Lemonade by Beyoncé. Yeah, definitely know? at least some of it. Yeah, because it came out a year after Lemonade and that was like Jay's first time addressing anything that was said or uh, inferred right. in Lemonade. So Lemonade uh, was dropped partially because of the whole like the skeptics that Jay-Z cheated on Beyoncé and then they were in the elevator at like a hotel and then Solange like swung at him yeah. and Beyonce was in there too and she didn't do shit about it. And then it basically came out that they were silent for like a while, it basically came out that he cheated on her and it was with Becky with the good hair, you know, yeah. in, in quotes. Then in Lemonade, she came at him and then by the end of it, it's like she's giving him another chance. And then like one year later, he drops this and it's basically some of it is his response to that. Yeah. Not like directly per se, yeah. But I mean, he's almost like admits that he like you know did something with right. Roman. He starts know? the album with "Kill Jay Z," which is like how all the Beyonce fans feel at the time, you yep. know. So he basically takes that head on right there. You exactly. Know? Yeah, but it's a short, uh, ten song, thirty six minute album. It was one of those like one of the original title exclusives. And it was funny because like it was one of those situations where if you sign up with Sprint or whatever, they gave you the album for free. So it was like, remember how YouTube pushed... Are you talking about title, or are you just talking about... Uh, the album with Sprint. Like, it was like one of those, like... Oh, this wasn't... I thought it was just a title, like, exclusive for Yeah, but while. then, if you sign up with, like, Sprint during, like... Okay. This album coming out, they gave you, like, the album, like, for like free. Like, on the phone. So it's like, almost like the YouTube Apple shit. Yeah. So it was, like, yeah, yeah. deceiving, because Jay-Z ended up having, like, a crazy amount of sales. I think it was, like, 100 million streams or whatever. And right. Just because, like... Yeah, I remember when this came out, I got a couple of the songs on my DJ pools. I got 444, I got Story of OJ, and I got Family Feud. Yeah. But I didn't get to hear the thing as, like, a whole. Right. You know, so I got those three songs, and right. I was like, I don't really know how they fit in kind of thing. But after listening to it, because I think I just did a title trial, and I just listened to it by then, so like I could, I could understand what what was going on, you know? Yeah, so there was 10 songs originally, then a week later he put out physical albums in stores, and then put it on Spotify, Apple Music, etc. So right. he added three additional songs. And they're not just like, you know, throwaway bonus songs, they're actually really good songs. They're all, uh, the whole album's produced by No ID. Even the bonus songs, but then on the bonus songs, he has a lot of like co-production James Blake is featured on one song and okay. produces another. Okay. And then Blue Ivy Carter, his daughter, is yes. also on one of the songs. One of the bonus songs. So that was cool. But yeah. W- Unfortunately, the fucking bonus songs aren't on Spotify. But yeah, it's lame. You could go to YouTube and... Yeah, you know, yeah. Talk about Adness. Okay, I'm going to talk about that. That's, that's my favorite song. It's a bonus song. Um, so Adness is uh, the name of Jay's dad. And they've been estranged since Jay was 11. Uh, he's dead now, but he basically like walked out on the family when Jay was 11. Okay. And Jay obviously had like a lot of resentment for him. And this is the one that James Blake and No ID co-produced, which is kind of crazy to think about, by the way. It's just like right. too random, like so random. But the the production's incredible. It's a really like short two minute song, and it just has two verses and kind of a chorus, but it's more of just verses only. So. I think for me, the song is basically Jay, obviously, like, writing. 
he, he talks about like this is the open letter that he never wrote to his dad so he's basically just like speaking to his dad and telling him what he wishes he told him in person and he is basically vowing to be a better dad than his dad was to him but there's kind of the reasons why his dad wasn't the best dad to him that he didn't understand when he was 11 but now he understands he i gets, see he gets yeah, into yeah. that during the song so what happened was that jay-z's uncle so his dad's brother was killed when jay-z was nine and okay. it really like affected his dad obviously uh, i guess everyone in the community knew who killed him it was like a nightclub incident but no one's gonna tell the police right so right right it, jay-z's dad like put it on himself to go and like get revenge and he ended up like losing himself he uh jay jay talks about i'll just like recite the bars here so unk in a better place but you couldn't function shot junk in your veins more, more than your veins was punctured i punched in on feelings because you said you were coming you couldn't kick the habit i wish you said something you can't avenge these many sins with your own hands you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. So I'm going to pause there because okay. that line right there, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. Yeah. That's something that comes, you, you think that's from like a random Drake lyric generator. Right. Like the corniness of it, you know what I mean? But the way that Jay delivers this bar, but like a lot of his bars in general, it's just like not corny coming from Jay-Z. You yeah. know what I mean? He just like has that like deadpan delivery. Like he's so serious with this mm -hmm. right now. So... It was just funny because like you just take that bar out of context you're like Man, that's corny as hell but it's really not <laughs> right right yeah i was gonna say too i think like he's basically trying to say like this is like my destiny you know what i mean like me having my dad be estranged and me hating him for so long yeah it just really made me want to be a better dad to my kids and i saw what he did that is not exactly what i want to ever do with my kids even though his dad had a reason he forgives him but at the end of the song but he doesn't like absolve him of his problems you know i understand which like why you acted like the way you did but i don't necessarily you know like you're not redeemed completely i'm still gonna have these feelings but yeah, yeah. I, I did read that before Jay's dad passed away, I think in like 2011, they got back together and reconciled. So oh, that's good. They actually did have like a conversation, I guess, okay. after the I'm going to go listen to the song again after after this because, again, I don't get the chance to freaking hear it when I go through the... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back and just finish the, the bars I was reciting. Yeah. After that, uh, you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans line. He follows that up with, who would have thought I'd be the dad I never had, be the husband I'd become... Usually nothing comes from that. I forgive you as I live through the beautiful present of the past. I'm just thankful I got all these gifts to unwrap. Which yeah. is just like an incredible verse right there. And I'm going to say too that the whole like, I want to be the husband. I've, I'm surprised I've become the husband I've become. Usually nothing comes from that. It's kind of just back to the overall theme of the album. That there's a cycle in black communities, you know. Right. Single parents you know involved in gangs right and it's like a big cycle and then he's basically saying you know it's really rare for me to become the person i am coming from this kind of broken household so i'm going to take the fact and just like make sure that it's not repeated and i think this with this album with his life in general since he's gotten really famous like i would say the last five six years i feel like his major message and meaning in life at this point is not to make music like we already talked about. It's yeah. to really help young black people break out of the cycle of themselves. Mm -hmm. He's trying to like kick game to all the people that respect him, look up to him because he's been there. He's done that, you know, and right. he has seen the pitfalls. 
he knows kind of what the right path is. He's not saying that he took the right path necessarily. Like I'll talk about on the story of OJ. He has a lot of regrets about what he did, but now that he's done it, he wants to help everyone else. And he doesn't come off to me like he's being condescending or anything like that. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. it's really genuine. Genuine. Yeah. Like, from his lyrics and what like from what his actions are since uh, he put this out. He's been like partnering with the NFL. Um, some people were like giving him a lot of shit for that, basically saying he's like in the white man's pocket, you know, part- Yeah, and with- like going directly against everything that Kaepernick stood for and shit like that, even though I don't really know how much is advanced from that, but at the time I feel like he was trying to reform what's going on in the NFL rather than just like being in the white man's pocket kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and like one thing, I, I don't know how, how directly he was involved in this, but Travis Scott did perform in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's true. That's that's something. That's not very. It's not very many times like rappers are getting that kind of uh, look. So. Right. So, how do you think this thing is like structured? Cause like, so you just talked about Adness, which is a bonus song, so it doesn't really fit in with the whatever you call it, chronology of the album. But I just noticed immediately that 4:44 is like the fifth song. Yep. Why didn't he like address this shit like right at the beginning? You know. That's true. You know what I'm saying? I because like. Story of OJ is like a whole thing about like racism in America and how to overcome that and stuff. But I feel like obviously, well, I he think was, that's part of the story, though. You know, what I mean, that's like the it's almost like the beginning of the story, you know, like him growing up, okay, and overcoming all See, that. That's why I, I mean, want to talk this out, yeah, because I figured when I first like listened to this, I was like, where's the Beyonce apology? And you got to wait halfway to get there, yep, you know. So then talk, talk to me about Story of O.J. then. So this is uh, my second favorite song. So obviously O.J. is referring to O.J. Simpson. Right. So uh, to me this is Jay-Z, a 20-year veteran in the rap game, kicking knowledge to the up-and-coming rappers, but also just people that are growing up in situations that he grew up in. He grew up in Marshy Projects. Like, yeah. You know, not the best situation. Cool thing, too, the beat samples Nina Simone, who we talked about on our favorite samples episode. Right. So check that she out. She also sampled on Caught Their Eyes, yep. too. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Jay, like, I, in, in the past, not even for this research, but I, I think I've heard him say that, like, his mom was always, always listening to that music in the house. Right. So, but yeah, anyway, it, it's cool to, like, just, she might be, like, the, one of the most popular, like, artists to be sampled, you know, and, like, she's everywhere. Um, but anyway, um, so during OJ's trial, there's something he allegedly said, and I think that's like why the track is called the story of OJ. Yeah, what does he say? I'm not black. I'm OJ. I'm not or something black. Like that? I'm OJ. Yeah. yeah, allegedly. So the chorus highlights that no matter what kind of black person you are, if you are rich, famous, poor, good looking, you're just looked at as another black person in America. Right. Which is, I mean, this this song came out in June 2017. Yeah. We're uh, here in January 2021. Same shit, man. If not worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If not worse. There's some, like, bars on here that, like, come off as kind of funny, but at the same time, he's, like, serious. Yeah. You know? Like, when he says, you want to know what's more important than throwing away money at the strip club? Credit. See? like, And it comes off as a joke, but it's true, you know? People, like... I remember at the time on Twitter, people were like clowning him like, oh, dude, you're such an old man with this shit, like blah, blah, blah. But dude, he's really trying to like kick game to these, these guys. Right, right. And then like shortly after that, he said, fuck living rich and dying broke. I bought some artwork for $1 million. Two years later, that shit worth $2 million. A few years later, that shit's worth $8, $8 million. Million. Yep. I can't wait to give this shit to my children. It's all about generational wealth, passing that shit down. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's exactly what he's trying to preach. And it's continue those bars because it gets even funner. Yeah. Funnier. Y'all think it's bougie. I'm like, it's fine. 
I'm just trying to give you a million dollars worth of the game for nine ninety nine. Yeah. So he's saying, you know, in the CD, I got all the fucking lessons for you. It's clever, but to it's true. Shit. Yeah, just listen to this shit. Yeah. Uh, and then it's really cool too because he keeps on going, man. I turned that two to a four, four to an eight. I turned my life into a nice first week release date. Fire. Fire. This is where it comes out to young and young and up and coming rappers. Y'all out here still taking advances, huh? Me and my guys, we're taking real chances. Y'all on the gram holding money to your ear. There's a disconnect. We don't call that money over here. So all these like Sick. rappers, like Kodak Black at the time, remember, he was so big on the fucking money phone. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? And Jay-Z's like, bro, you're holding 10 grand to your ear. Like, my money is in the fucking bank account, bro. Right. Like exactly. Like that shit that uh, Jeezy said against Gucci when he's like, he's like, talk to me about real estate. Yeah, you know, exactly, like that. exactly. So that that was really cool. And then another part that I really like too, and his first verse is really talking about how the young African Americans are really misguided and how they view things like protecting their neighborhood defending their corner and he's saying you know you should really expand your mind and think outside of that is it really your neighborhood when your parents are just tenants and they're paying rent that's right. not your neighborhood right you're right. not the landlord you don't own shit you know you get fucking kicked out as soon as gentrification me comes freaking by. think about life life differently right so now saying, like what happened to fucking brooklyn where he grew up you got fucking gentrified yeah all the original people that lived there fucking out man like that that's what happens so i thought that was just like really like for me, man, that's just like something that like you would think p- most people understand, but most people don't understand that stuff. You know it's what I mean? It's true. It, it's one of those things that just not understood. And then another bar he had here, because this song I think was the most impactful song for me, because yeah. like the family stuff is cool, but that's more like personal to Jay Z and Beyonce. You know right, what I mean? Exactly, that's- and that's that's what I was gonna say. Like he addressed what he needed to with Beyonce, but at the same time he gave us way more than that and what needed to be said. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. So he said. Please don't die over the neighborhood that your mama renting. Take your drug money and buy the neighborhood. That's how you rinse it. So he's basically, you know, it's crazy. He he's like using so many um, little metaphors and uh, similes here with like you know like rinsing money, like washing money, like right. you know dirt, like money laundering. Yeah. So he's like, no, no, no. Like that's how you make clean money. Like make yourself a person and buy some building, buy some property. And he reflects because like he's not like acting like. I had this shit figured out from the jump. Like right. I bought property right away. There's one other bar that I really likes. He says, I bought every V12 engine. Wish I could take it back to the beginning. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like 2 million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Yeah. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. So just real quick for anyone that doesn't know, Dumbo is a neighborhood in Brooklyn. It's right over the Brooklyn Bridge. It's very, it was very industrial. It still is like the building, the types of, it's a lot of lofts and stuff. Yeah. But now it's like home to boutiques, very trendy. And obviously it's like right by the water. So property value is really high. But yeah, obviously he's basically saying, you know, I wish I didn't fucking buy those Bucatis and those like bottles of champagne and all that shit. I should have just invested in my own, in my home city. And ultimately I could buy all the cars, all the champagne I want now when that investment is 10 times the value it was when I yeah, made yeah. it, you know? So I think it's just like all about getting the right people around you, including Jay-Z, like listening to this and having that vision in place, you know? And I think like this is just like Jay-Z's like public service announcement, his way of giving back from everything he's No learned. pun intended yeah. on public service announcement. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to mention a couple other things. Just... A quick funny thing about Caught Your Eyes. It took me like four listens to the song to realize that that's Frank Ocean. Without looking without looking at the track list, I was like, hold on. 
this this sounds familiar. Yep. It's definitely Frank Ocean. And that sample when he says like their eyes, it sounds exactly like the sample from Champion that uh, Kanye yep. has on Graduation. And I looked, and it's not the same. Oh, it's not. But it sounds fucking identical, bro. Listen to both Champion and Caught Their Eyes, and you tell me that it's not the fucking same thing. Are you sure it's not one of those situations where they both like sampled? Like maybe they sampled different songs, but there was like the the source of the song they sampled is, could be. That you know could what be. I mean? Because I found that to be the case a lot of times, where right. it's like they both sampled different songs that sample the original song that right. you hear in the background. But right. yeah, that's crazy. I listened to that one on the way here, and then four forty four. I want to just talk yeah, about. Yeah, talk about that one. Uh, like I was alluding to, this is where he finally addresses the Beyonce situation. He starts it off. I apologize, and right there, you're like, you're like, okay, we finally got to the part where he's gonna address that entire album where his wife just freaking shat on him. Yep. Often, woman eyes took for my child to be born, see through a woman's eyes, took for these natural trends to believe in miracles. Took me so long for this song, I don't deserve you. So when he says, "Took me so long for this song," I think it was like purposely yep. that he put it in the middle, you know. But yeah, obviously, this whole thing is about just. Like asking for her back and realizing like this is bigger than just our relationship. We got fucking children now. We have twins. Yep. Obviously they have blue ivy too. But na- the title of the album 444 comes from like a bunch of different things about this situation. One rumor is that the building where he got punched by Solange was like 444 uh, okay. West something street in I think New York or what, right here. 444 West 13th Street. And that's where, like, that took place. But also, he woke up at 4.44 to write this song. He just, like, it just came to him in the middle of the night. Yeah. And then another thing was, like, he would he talked on the phone with Beyonce, I think, at, like, 4.44 sometime yep. in their history. It's a bunch of just different references to, like, the, and this just came to be uh, what their, like, thing is, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, it was very, like, powerful. And then that's when the album kind of takes, like, a turn. And it's more, like, obviously, the very next one, my favorite one, Family Feud. The sample on Family Feud is just incredible. Like, it's been... People have been using that fucking beat. Like, Lil Wayne did. um, uh, Drake, obviously, was on that song. And then somebody else took it. But it's been used before. That beat's, like, uh, classic at this point. Yeah, it's, like, if it's not used, like, officially, I've heard so many people freestyle over that beat. Right. When they're, like, with, like flex or whatever that be always gets thrown exactly yeah. yeah but this one beyonce's featured on you see like okay it's like kind of the resolution but i also like how her feature is not it's not like a whole verse at all it's him saying something and then she just comes in just like in the background just like kind of acknowledging that we're like we're back you yep. know kind of yep. thing the other one so i liked bam a lot yeah but I don't think Damien Marley like fit the narrative of the album yeah, at all. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I, agree. I, I like the song, but then I really like Legacy at the end too. When it starts off with I believe Blue Ivy, but I'm not sure, saying "Daddy, what's a will?" Yeah, and then it's basically like him saying like "This is this is everything that I stand for, and now I'm passing it on to you." You yeah, know exactly. If you got anything, please uh, add in. But that was those were the comments I wanted to make. Well, uh, did you catch like the Kanye comment? Uh, it was on. No, I did not. So it was on Kill Jay-Z. Okay. He says, so Kanye, just like to go back in time, okay? So right when the album came out, it was like right around when Kim K got robbed in Paris. And okay. Kanye went on this like um, crazy rant during his St. Pablo tour. So I guess it was a couple years ago. But right. he said, don't call me after Kim's robbery and tell me how you feeling. You want to know how I'm feeling? Come by, come by the house. Bring the kids by the house like we're brothers. Our kids never even play together. 
So like that's, that's Kanye sad. talking about Jay Z. Yeah. Yeah. So like Kanye like is in his field. Like this is like right before he had that mental breakdown when he had to actually go to. The yeah, that's what I was gonna ask because yeah. he like he went off stage one show I think in yeah, like exactly. California in Sacramento. Yep, exactly. And then he uh, like said literally like Jay Z call me bro. You still haven't called me Jay Z. I know you got killers. Please don't send send that in my head. Right. Please call me. Talk to me like a man. So this is Jay Z's response to like all of that. Okay. Like, a couple years later, but still. I know people backstab you. I feel bad too. But this fuck everybody attitude ain't natural. You ain't the same. This ain't kumbaya. Yeah. But you got hurt because you did kumbaya. You gave him 20 million without thinking. He gave you 20 minutes on stage. What the fuck was he thinking? (sighs) Fuck wrong with everybody is what you're saying. But if everybody's crazy, you're the one that's insane. Jesus. Yeah. So like, I mean, (sighs) I don't. So you don't think these two are ever going to hash it out? I don't think it's, we're going to get watched this run through, basically. Let's, I'm let's just you know? say that. I, I honestly, I remember when this first came out, I was like, that, that was like one of the big pucking points about this album. It was like, he kind of went hard at Kanye, you know what I mean? Yeah. And at the time, no one's really done that. But then I totally forgot about it, listened to it again. I was like, holy fuck, he really like, at first it's subtle. He says, kumbaya. You're like, oh, he's just like, kind of like saying 20 million kumbaya. Yeah. And then he straight up says, you got hurt because you did cool by yay. It's like, all right, now we're right, right. taking the gloves off. Like, fuck it. Yeah. Kanye wants the bars. Like, here comes the bars, you know? So, yeah, I really hope, like, I think one of the most epic things we could ever see would be a Jay-Z, Kanye together, B-Sides tour. Like, imagine oh, that. Oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't think that would ever fucking happen. No, but that would be incredible. Imagine, bro. Just like fan service, you know, at the end of their careers. Like, yeah. Like, I do, I, I would go see them when they're both like six years old, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised if there's an On The Run 3 tour, though, just because those two just fucking crush. Yeah. Like, those tickets go, first of all, they sell out fucking stadiums, not just like yeah. United Center. They sell out Soldier Field. Yeah. Like, Eileen, like, pays like 300 a ticket for like far away. You know, it's like crazy, man. But I, I mean, I would totally fucking see that. Yeah. Even though Eileen's super, uh, super anti Jay Z, she'll never fucking forgive him. Yeah, I was gonna say go back, to, going back to Beyonce and Jay Z. So I thought, you know, you mentioned that Jay Z had the line, "It took me the song to get to the song," or mm-hmm. whatever. That could be a scene in like a bunch of different ways too, because yes, it was like the fifth song on the album, but also it was a full year after exactly. Eleven came out. So I think that there was some like thinking behind waiting a while to put everything out. You know what I mean? Like of almost like. Like, uh, maybe I'm just being too woke, um, but maybe it was just, like, one of those things where, like, he's trying to, like, give his wife her time. Like, yeah. It's not, he, oh, definitely. You, it's get, not, it's not like a... Forgive it's not like time. a we waited four days, where y'all at kind of situation, yeah, yeah. It's you not know? Like, you don't get forgived on your timeline. You get forgived whatever she's ready to exactly, forgive you. you know exactly, exactly. I mean? But... One one other thing about Kanye, it was funny because I don't know if you caught this one on Bam. This one's way more subtle, but okay. I caught it. So you know that Kanye song, one of the my favorite songs by Kanye, Thirty Hours. I hit the yeah. gym, all chest, no legs. Right. On Bam, Jay Z says, "Uh, guys are st- skipping leg day just to run their mouth." Oh shit! So I, <laughs> and that was like yeah, probably one or two years right after that. One so. year after. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely relevant. <laughs> That man, that's so funny. Jay Z's kind of cold. Jay Z's kind of petty too. He, yeah, you get petty with it. You gotta like, yeah. That, I'm gonna have to listen to this again because I missed that shit. But and I listened to this like twice in the last two days and I still didn't catch it. You yeah. know. I will say about well, one criticism I have of this album. It's almost like too conscious. You know what I mean? I can, yeah. A lot of people were saying that on Twitter and stuff, and I kind of I can see where they're coming from. You know what I mean? Because like there is not a single like banger on this. Yeah. Album. There's no. 
Or yeah, even like an upbeat song. But does he have to do no. that, you know? Plus, I, I guess if you go listen to Adnes, that's like, not a banger, but it's a really upbeat song. It's like, he's going hard. Like, yeah. So that's the one song. Yeah. But, I mean, you could go back to Jay-Z's discography and he's done all he fucking needs to do. Uh, not according to Young Thug, though. Young Thug says he's got more hits than Jay-Z, which is incredible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Young Thug is not even listening to half of Jay-Z's catalog. Right, that's crazy. Right. That's really crazy. That's just like people saying shit to get noticed, you know, which I thought Young Thug was a little bit above that, you know, yeah. but I guess not. I guess not. Anything final? I mean, I really like this album and everybody should fucking listen to it yeah, if you haven't already. And uh, the best thing to do is listen to Lemonade and then listen to this. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. I think Jay-Z really set the template for like rapper in her twilight years putting out work you know like I'm hoping to God I get something like this from Lil Wayne cause Lil yeah. Wayne has so many years in the game too he's like different than Jay Z he was reverend since he was 14 so I want him to just like kick back tell some stories tell about where he went I wrong. think the only like rappers there's not a lot of rappers that like right now are to that level besides like Nas and Nas just gave you that last year or this well last year now cause yeah. it's 2021 but Lil Wayne and then obviously down the road, Kendrick for sure, J. Cole and Drake. That's in like yeah. 10 years from now. The cool thing is Kendrick and J. Cole like have basically, they, you can tell they were, they were super influenced by Jay-Z. So it's not just one album for them. All their songs, almost all their songs, yeah. have this kind of self-reflection. Absolutely. And like J. Cole avidly raps about yeah, Jay-Z. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like a perfect like final act if this is indeed probably will be his final act. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I, hoping I, Beyonce's not done though. No, that's true. I mean, no, no way. So, so I think actually a Carter's sequel could happen. Yeah, you remember that one? Yeah, so, that was okay. Yeah, I I liked it. I think there's. Yeah, the, it's not like it's not like anything fucking super conscious though. They're just some like it's just them having fun with well, it. Well, you know I think. it's not super conscious because they used uh, the Migos for <laughs> that's one true of the for ape shit. ape shit. Yeah, yeah Migos with the, the reference track. Yeah, that might be the highlight of Migos' career, by the way. Getting a fucking reference track on Jay-Z and Beyonce song. That's, that's pretty true. incredible. That's true. They just used them for the ad libs, and that's fucking it. Loki, the Migos version goes hard though. You gotta find that, listen to it. Oh yeah, there's a whole version of Ape Shit with just the Migos. Oh, I didn't know there's that. Verses and everything. It'll, I'll look that up. Hard, I'll man. look that up. But yeah, last thing I was gonna say is if we don't get the Jay-Z and Kanye album or tour or whatever. I just want them to have like an interview together, like a joint interview. Yeah, because like we deserve it, and they, they would break the fucking Netflix with that shit. Yeah, they won. You know, they have beef in the last five years, but these guys have been friends for like over twenty years. Yeah. So I, at the end of the day, it's still gotta be love. You know, what I mean, like families feud and stuff. But right. I really think like well, if if Kanye and Kim are actually getting divorced, I mean, he's got maybe they like he's got to have a friend, right? Maybe they reconnect. Yeah, that would be that nice. Be cool. Yeah, that's true. Anything else? I don't know if I'm going to see you for a few days, but... Uh, I'll oh, have a good time. Yeah. Stay I, safe. I don't want you to, to get about, a, like, a snowmobile. I'm worried about wolves. Yeah. I don't know. I've just been run thinking those, about wolves. Just run them over, bro, right? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening.